NYC Stories Podcast presents... Well, we made it. Welcome back. I'm Dave, and joining me this episode is my good friend, Justin at Bear Make It. I just want to say thank you so much to Justin for joining me on this journey through Beyond the Streams as we decided to take a look at the Archive 81 series uh, from Netflix. This is it, the grand finale. We're talking about the final episode of the Archive 81 series. I hope you guys have enjoyed this, and I hope you uh, enjoy the journey going forward as we look at more series with another great guest, uh, whoever that may be. If you want to keep up to date on everything with the AIC Stories podcast, just visit AICstories.com and you'll find everything right there. But for now, let's get to it. All right, so we made it. It's the finale, finally. Episode 8 of Archive 81. It's called What Lies Beneath. The quick synopsis is the other world beckons. Melody circles back to the viscer where a new device captures a sacrifice. And much depends on Dan's journey into the unknown. Justin, we're back. We made it. How are you feeling? Pretty good. Yeah, good. we did it. it was- <laughs> It, it was, was a, entirely too difficult to not just watch all these right in a row. Oh, I know it. One after the other. So I know it. It was a ride. Uh, we're going to get into our top moments from the uh, the final episode, as well as our thoughts on the series as a whole in just a minute. But Justin is going to do something very cool, and we're going to do a little bit of a giveaway, kind of a thank you for joining us along this journey. Um, and for watching along on Archive 81. So, Justin, why don't you tell them what you have in mind as far as what you're going to be giving away? Well, I thought it would be cool if we give people the chance to do their own demon ritual, <laughs> um, just on a smaller scale. So I'm gonna, I got a, a 3D model of the Calego statue from the show that I'm going to 3D nice. print in some marble filament. Mm. And... Like, I'll probably print one for myself. And if you want one, I'll give you one, too. Oh, awesome. Um, but then I'll, I'll hook up a listener with one, too, if they want their own little demon statue to hang out with. <laughs> um, I haven't decided on the size yet, but yeah, um, I'll probably just do... I'll probably print one, see what, what it looks like, and then if I want to scale it up, we'll scale it up. Yeah. Now, that is very cool. I, I'm, I'm super excited to see how those turn out because I, I know a friend of the show, Jeff, um, a weird guy, that I'm not making fun of him. That's his name on online. Um, <laughs> but, but it's he, accurate. It I mean, is. Yeah, he, he's super cool though. But he yes. had sent me. A, we did a little trade um, with some stuff, and um, I sent him that journal cover that I do for my um, my buy me a coffee supporters in the one tier. Um, I think you're in there, yep. and so I sent him one of those, and and he sent me this 3D printed um, model he found that was a. A take on the old, you know, see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil, uh, but it's three skulls um, stacked on top of each other in a blacklight responsive filament he used. And it was super cool. I was so oh, that's cool. About it. Yeah, so I- I'm excited to see how uh, how this the statue comes out because that's got to be the one most memorable bit of. I mean, aside from maybe these miracle video cameras these people are using, <laughs> right? You know? Infinite battery life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Work forever. Low Crazy light low light performance yeah. and great audio with a built-in onboard camera mic. You know, aside from that, that statue is probably the most recognizable thing in the show, and it's it's even 
I believe in in all of the artwork, like on Netflix, it's it's a lot of the times what shows up on the icons and stuff. So it's very cool. This will be awesome. So how you can enter? We were kind of talking about this a little bit. We don't want to make it difficult. All of you that have followed along with us as we debuted and and rolled out the Beyond the Stream series here on the ASC Stories podcast, all you have to do is simply uh, tag us. We're not even going to ask you to follow us, although if you'd like to, we'd appreciate it. But tag Mm -hmm. us on social media, either Twitter or Instagram. Um, We'll give you our social media handles here in just a second. And tag us and leave a comment letting us know your favorite moment from Archive 81, the series, or your favorite moment from our conversations as we followed along here on Beyond the Stream. So, Justin, let them know real quick where to tag us and find us on on Twitter and, and Instagram. Well, I am at bear naked on both. So it's at B-E-A-R, like the animal, bear, and then naked, M-A-K-E-D. And that's yes. both Twitter and Instagram for me. And I'm pretty sure you're just at AIC Stories. You got it. But they've been following you for a while if they're listening to this. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. So, yeah, that's what we're going to do. Um, so as soon as you hear this, jump online, tag us. Um, let us know your favorite moment from either the series or our discussions here or both if you've got multiple thoughts we'd love to hear them and um if you do that you'll get entered into win and uh we'll probably run this for mm, what do we say uh, about a week maybe two weeks uh, let's give it a couple let's give it two i think two, two weeks yeah. in case people fall behind and need to catch up yep two weeks from I've the day before falling behind so exactly exactly so two weeks from the day you're hearing this and um We'll we'll post about a special giveaway. Don't spoil it. We want people. This is only for you that have been listening along with us. So, don't spoil it online. But uh, those of you that do it, I look forward to seeing who's going to be the winner. So, yeah. let's. Uh, that's very cool. But let's get to this episode eight because you know we both watched it immediately after we recorded the last episode. Then we had to wait a little bit because I got busy and it's been a few days since we watched it and I know I've been itching to talk to you about this. So why don't you, let's just get right into the, the final episode here, What Lies Beneath. What's your number one point? Oh, I don't know. It's hard to choose a number one point. Um, <laughs> but your first one, we'll say So then. Well, okay. So I guess my, my first one, I'm just going to give kind of like my thoughts overall after watching this and wrapping up the the episode mm-hmm. not like a series overview but just like this episode episode yep um honestly i kind of felt a little let down yeah um like it got over and i was like and like sometimes when a show like you're done right there's you know there's no more show to watch and it's you're let down because dang it i wanted to watch more of that right but this was more of like it felt like it built up in the first seven episodes mm-hmm. for the most part and we just got kind of, I felt like it was kind of a clunker at the end. Like that last episode just didn't yeah. rise to what I expected it to. And they absolutely, in my opinion, they absolutely were setting up. They were planning on a season two. Yeah. And you could tell the way it left off. You could tell the way it built and in. They answered some questions, not all of them, but they left it you know in such a way not even on a cliffhanger so much kind of but even the way building up to that cliffhanger you got the feeling they they clearly planned on a season two they weren't planning on ending this here and it showed yeah it's a bit of a bummer yeah so that's mm. it's like i do appreciate them wrapping up some of the questions 
Yeah. Um, some of them, I feel like, though, they kind of rushed just to answer in the first season. Even if right. they were planning on a season two, they were just like, okay, let's just hammer home these answers. Right. Um, but, like, yeah, some of it's still open. And, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. One thing, I think by the time we got to, and this might be jumping ahead to, like, my second point or whatever. Yeah, but, go for it. <laughs> but by the time we, they tell us that the lady in the red coat is Melody's yes. mom. That was going to be my first point, so okay. we'll, we'll go with that. That My, my notes, just for uh, records purposes, is uh, massive F-bomb with two exclamation points. She is Melody's mom. Three exclamation points. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so go for it. What, what are your well, thoughts on that? So I... Like, obviously, we wanted to know that, and that answer right. is who she is. Right. But I feel like they gave us plenty of time in that moment mm-hmm. to figure it out for ourselves before they told us. So right. I don't to me, I didn't have that like, oh, Mo, oh, my, that's what it was like. Oh, OK. Yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. Melody's mom. Like, yep. It was kind of a, a letdown of a reveal. Like, yeah. See, and I was I won't say I was kind of crawling behind on catching up, you know, like keeping track of what's going on. But I think the when it occurred to me that she was, you know, just prior to that, we realized that, oh, she's one of them. Is it Baldung? Is that the witches? Baldung, yeah. Baldung, something like that. She said, you know, when it occurred to me that she's a witch of that trying to stop this working from within, my mind started going on, oh, so that's why she's embedded herself there. She's trying to make sure it doesn't happen again and this and that and the other thing. And I was still thinking about that. And then the reveal came that she is her mom. And I was like, oh, duh. Yeah. And I, I was like, that's cool, though. At least we finally found out who she was. It didn't have the power, though. I can see what you're saying. Yeah. Like, and so I didn't think of this until now, but mm-hmm. so she's one of the witches. Yeah. And she said that she's just been kind of watching Davenport, let him build all this up so that she can right. get Melody back. Why, why didn't Davenport do anything when she was on the cameras? Like, well, I'm wondering if one of two things, either she is kind of like deep undercover, like he didn't know, which seems a little bit iffy given that he knows, seems to know everything else that's going on. Um, Or she was just very, very careful to, you know, she knew where the cameras were after so long and was very careful to avoid them, which thinking this through though, Remember when the first witch, when we go back and when Iris is doing it, and that first witch gets herself embedded there, and Iris seems to know she's a witch, but lets her come in anyways and then stops her from stealing it. And I wonder if that's why Davenport keeps her around, because he knows to do this ritual um, with Dan that he needs that witch's blood. He's got a whole fridge full of it. Yeah, that's true. He he does. That's right. But and she's like, still... We see her on camera in one of the episodes. Dan sees her on camera. Well, does he have a fridge full of witch's blood, though? Because what he has, that that blood there is what Dan uses, is what is in place of the sacrifice, where they cut the throat. And the the Beldung or Baldung or whatever, the witches, they all cut their hand or something else and put their own blood, you know, bleeding on there. So I wonder if it's if there's something different in their blood, maybe, and and that's why it was needed. It, so, it's yeah, I don't know. I guess I might have 
misremembered that because I thought the the blood Dan took to pour on the statue. Mm-hmm. He so did. That would, be the, that would be the witch blood. He did, but if you remember, then when she does the ceremony, she cuts her own hand and puts that because you need two blood, you know, two types of blood or, or two different people's blood, maybe because they have the sacrifice, and even with Iris. They cut, they got blood from the witch that they killed and put that on there. And then they, they did the sacrifice. So they must need blood from two people. Cause she, the mom, Melody's mom still cuts her hand. You know, she slices right into her hand when she does that, even though he had the jar of blood already. And they use that oh. as well. I think I'd have to rewatch that section, but I, I, I'm wondering, I guess if, I would too. Cause I don't, yeah. I don't remember them putting the sacrifice blood on the I don't think they put the, the sacrifice blood on the statue. I think maybe that just has to be present as an offering in the room. Kind of a thing. Oh, okay, maybe. Because if you think when they when Iris slits that other girl's throat, she slits her throat and she drops and they don't collect her blood or do anything with it. Right. She's just there. So I'm wondering if that's that's what that's for. Yeah, because I thought the, the sacrifice, the body, yeah, was that would like make the sense. body for... Kalego. Yeah, that would make more sense, you know, because what good is a jar of blood? I mean, who knows where it came from? Yeah, because I assumed that the the jars of blood in the fridge were all Baldum blood, mm -hmm. and that's why Davenport started his like DNA company so mm -hmm. he could track these witches and find like, could, yeah maybe find out who these witches were, which and then collect their blood, which this isn't creepy. This yeah, this blood discussion though, I, I do have to say this. <laughs> Um, I thought of this when we watched the Iris episode as well, and all the times we've seen the clip of this snuff film, and then we see it again. Um, I think there was there was someone's throat got slit in this episode as well um, when Samuel did the the ritual. And yeah, yeah he was the, the composer. The lady. composer, yeah, he she, had to be it because they yeah. lost Jess. Yeah, and that's something that to me I, I I had a major eye roll moment on because not that I've ever slit anyone's throat. <laughs> but sure, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know, if you have to open with that, it makes it seem awful well, questionable I if you're telling the truth I, or not. I figured I better put that out there. But they're slitting the throat, and these people are dropping like a stone, like they're like instant death. And that is just not how that works. Yeah, because you you get your throat cut, and um, there, it's a process. Like you don't die from the cut in the instant shock of it; you die from bleeding to death which takes time and that that was something i'm like okay so they cut the composer's throat boom, she drops right there she's dead and then i start thinking like oh when iris did it too that rose she dropped like that and oh man this is kind of fake aloo but uh, you know one of those things that i was like yeah this kind of mm, maybe they should have had him gurgling on the floor but i suppose they didn't want to make it too graphic even though it's pretty graphic as it was so yeah yeah so Let's see. That was your second point. Uh, my first point was the the ritual stuff we were going to talk about there. So let me see what else. What would my second? Yeah, point I don't know. I got lost in how many points we had talked about. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was I was kind of keeping track. I know I've got my second point. Uh, okay, how about this one? Um, this whole series has been the premise has been Melody's searching. You know, opens up with this tape. They took Jess. They took Jess. And don't you know? Don't let them take me and, and find me and everything else. And we find out. Melody sacrificed herself, went back to the Visser to save Jess. Jess lived, apparently, and has left these 
extra tapes for Annabelle, was it? I forget. Uh, yeah, she left something for Annabelle that she, Dan... She left it with Annabelle for Dan. For Dan, yeah. And there's a little throwaway line saying, she's a nun. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's cool that she got away and Melody, the sacrifice, all of that stuff. But I thought, boy, that is a real role reversal after we've been you know kind of that's been a sub story in this whole thing that they took her samuel took her and they were killing her you know they did their their thing and to find out she at least made it out well that's a good thing yeah and well it's like so jess makes it out she's locked up on the sixth floor yeah and which i'm i'm not totally understanding how melody got yeah. to that window from the fire escape on the same floor yeah like it's I, I don't know buildings I guess I'm I've never been to New York, New York so I can't speak about how the fire escapes are laid out but I right. didn't think it was like that right. um, but either way so she gets Jess out of the room mm-hmm. and we see Jess later running down the street through the window like right. they look out the window Jess is running away yeah. why I, I don't understand why Melody didn't do something more in that situation like right. she's like I'm gonna buy you time but then she doesn't fight back or anything like she's right. just like hey guy yeah, I guess I'm you here. can take me yeah, I mean, the simple question there is, why didn't she just climb down with Jess, shut the window, and both of them take off running in a highly populated place, New York City, and scream like the devil for the cops? Yeah. They ain't going to take you like that. So, I don't know. One of those one of those horror movie tropes of, you know, people mm-hmm. don't always think. But yep. I thought it, and- I thought it was cool that they, they played that story that she lived. That, that was interesting to me. Yeah, even though Jess came back to record right. the ritual, she still made it out again. Right. Which kind of cheapens Melody getting her out the first time. But right. Whatever. She used her Fisher Price camera to do it. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of a, a cool touch. Like, oh, it was a secret tape and it was made on a Fisher Price camera. <laughs> yeah. Dan's like, I had one of these. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, this, it doesn't sound right because it's a video on this cassette tape. Right. right. Which I totally forgot they had those that would record video on the cassette tape. Yeah. That was very cool. Um, what do you, what do you have for your, your third takeaway on this? Oh, let's see. Let me see what I got in my notes. And I didn't, I didn't I mean, pick if, three before we started recording. No, so. and I didn't either. I've got a bunch of like real quick little hitters. So maybe on this third mm-hmm. one, if you want to hit a couple real fast ones. Yeah. Okay. So I got a couple about when they do the ritual and Dan goes into the other world. Yeah. So, um, Melody's mom tells him to follow that sound to to get out. Yep. But then it, maybe I just missed it, but I didn't really hear that sound in there. No, I and didn't. And like they didn't, it didn't really seem like they showed him trying to find or listen to anything to no. hear the sound. Yeah. And she also mentioned that there's like weird time stuff. Yes. And then tells him he has five minutes, and it's like, okay, <laughs> you just told him time didn't work, or I, maybe Davenport told him time was weird there. I don't remember. Yeah. But Time is weird there, but he has five minutes. Who's five minutes? How does he know when it's five minutes? Right. Like, is his watch going to work in there, or is it going to be weird? Exactly. So that was my thought about in there. Um, the first thing I had was with this other world. When he's in there, things he's like going goes through a door and suddenly he's in a different building. You know, all this stuff. It's it's changing like crazy. You know, folding in on itself. A real, not quite Inception type stuff, but real like how it is in a dream when you're dreaming and all of a sudden you know you're walking into your kitchen but when you come through the doorway it's all of a sudden you know 
uh, Central Square Park or, you know, Grand Central Station or something, you know, something weird like that. Yeah. And so it was changing and working all goofy like that. My thought is, well, that's great. He's not doing anything to track where he's at. How is he ever going to find the door back out of here? You know, and mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I thought it was cool how they set it up. Like they didn't waste a lot of time. Like he goes and he finds Melody and they finally meet. I thought yeah. that was I thought that was a pretty cool moment. And then it was very fast because they had to run to get out of there. Mm-hmm. After he lollygagged a little. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's so it is tricky because it's like, why are you lollygagging? But also, mm-hmm. like, he finally gets to sit down and his dad's there and his sister's there and his mom's there. Right. Um, so, like, sure, I can understand being drawn to that moment. Right. And he was able to actually get up and leave. Um, and him finally meeting Melody and, like, them actually being like, okay, we need to get out of here. Mm-hmm was like we finally got that but right I, what I did know, you think about about how the the whole thing at the end happened so melody apparently gets out yep and because um, samuel shows up and takes her right so samuel didn't pop through no door that i saw so and this is where because yeah samuel didn't go through a door um we don't know what happened to him, mm-hmm. which might have been explained if they were playing on a season two. Yeah. And Dan ends up in 1994. Yep. And Melody ends up in current time. Right. So is is it possible that Samuel was stuck somewhere else in the past? And that's why he has so many like different identities? Yeah. Well, I, I'll be honest. I don't know exactly how this show was handling it. Um, when we do a like a series wrap up, I, I thought I'd talk a little bit about some of the the bigger differences between the podcast and the show. Yeah, because um, there's some pretty big differences, and the character of Samuel is one of those where, um, you you find out in the in the podcast series, Samuel's kind of the one behind everything. It's not Virgil. Virgil, oh, he's not even named Virgil. He's I think he's Davenport, but I think his name's something else. But he is not even aware that Samuel's controlling all the strings. Samuel is using. Davenport to get what he wants mm. okay. and and so it works a little different so I'm not sure what the show was trying to do the only thing I could think of there uh, two things a I mean Dan what are you doing why are you standing there with the puppy dog eyes reaching and saying oh, what are you doing you know what's going on what jump through the door yeah go with. you know <laughs> he's, he's pulling her through go after her like chase her you yeah. know what's a, what are you waiting for that was my first thought and my second thought is maybe Samuel wasn't actually there. I'm wondering if because that was the correct door to get back to the right time and her mom was there and everything else and all of that, maybe her getting pulled through that area by what we see as Samuel wasn't really Samuel at all. It might have just been the the witch's power uh, you know, kind of giving her some weird manifestation in this, this other world place and pulling her through back to reality. Um, and I wondered if maybe that's what it was, or it really wasn't Samuel there at all, but I don't know. Do you think maybe it has to be like you bring up the, like the witch's power, bringing her out Yeah. and it has to be a one for one swap. So Melody's yeah. mom knew that and was like, well, how can I get Dan to stay there? Right. Oh, I'll make it look like Samuel's dragging her out and you won't yeah. want to chase Samuel, but even I, yeah, I'm still with you. I don't know why he didn't want to chase Samuel. Like, well, and even if it, if it, even if it wasn't the mom knowing that ahead of time and tricking him into it, I don't know that she knew that. I, I think she looked at him and, and realized that no, he's truly there trying to help save my daughter. 
I don't think she planned on trapping him there, although who knows what the show had planned for season two. But it very well could be a, a one-for-one situation where it just that place was going to demand someone stayed, you know? Uh-huh. Because if you think about it, although I don't know if that holds water either because Iris never got out when Melody and Samuel went in. That would have put yeah, three or of if them if she did, we don't know. Well, and that's yeah. one of my other questions I wrote down is where where is Iris? Like, yeah. What happened to her? I, I think she's still in that other place uh, when, when, when Samuel and Melody got pulled in there. I think she's still in there somewhere. Yeah, I like because or dead. Th- that's possible. Like, because yeah. Annabelle was painting her, saying that they had to let her out. Right. Right, and then nobody suddenly, ever let her out. Yeah, and like, suddenly it's it's Melody. Yeah, which would make sense to me. Now you're seeing your friend's face. You'll mm-hmm. probably paint that instead of Iris. But right. Still, like, what, like, let's also. I don't know. Aside from the weird dream situation where you're walking mm-hmm. down one hallway and suddenly you're in yep. a whole different building. Yep. Um, I didn't get any kind of sense of danger from the other world. No. Like Melody even is just hanging out in the church. Like yep. that's, which makes sense. Like she's trying to reconnect with her mom. So she's mm-hmm. in the church where her mom left her. Yeah. But she's just sitting there listening to music. Like, Hey, yeah. this isn't so bad. I'm just going to hang out. Yeah. Like there's, she doesn't seem to be like there's panicky nothing. or like, e- even with Dan's help. family. Had yeah, he like, chosen to stay there, there was nothing that seemed threatening about that. It seemed like, oh, this, you could stay with us. We're safe. We could start over. Yeah. Which is kind yeah. of weird. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it seemed like it it all built up to this. And then it was like, oh, there's not really that big of a sense of danger here. Mm-hmm. Like, why, why are we doing this? Yeah. Well, and it's, it's one of those things where very much we are led to believe there's this other place, possibly. We don't know anything about this other place. And I, I'm guessing that's where we would have, you know, season two obviously was probably going to take place primarily in that space. Um, and seeing, I, I would assume, a lot of the dangers that they were going to try and present and all of that, but we never got that. We're not going to get that. So I, I really don't know. But yeah, they didn't really do a nice job. It, it had me thinking more and more like, I understand why this is where they ended the series. But then I thought about over the last, you know, over the course of these eight episodes, I thought, what if they would have rearranged some of these episodes and condensed some parts and had the events that happened at the end of this episode happen at like maybe episode end of episode six. So then we got episode seven explaining the dangers of this other place and leading to a big finale where he finally meets Melody, you know, like have him spend a full episode roaming and escaping dangers and whatever else. Yeah. You know, just to do that, because I could have, you know, like we talked about with that, the other episode where, you know, we see Iris and all of that. I could have done with a much more condensed version of that um, and seeing more from the danger of this other place. You know, I think it would have made sense. But I mean, hey, I don't I, I don't make these millions and billions of dollars or whatever they spent to do this stuff. You know, I, I've never <laughs> that's not my job. I, I'm just I'm just, you know, couch potato or a uh, couch coaching or whatever they call it you know mm-hmm. uh, Monday morning quarterback in the sports terms so it, it's hard to say but yeah I don't know it, it definitely I think that's in large part why the whole thing felt like uh, if, if there was a season two I think it feels a lot better you know as far as how it leaves off 
yeah, it would at least give me it a sense of okay, I I still have these questions that yeah. could still be answered. Right. But now it's like, well, nope, sorry, yeah. you're just gonna. It's, it's done. Yeah. Yeah. Unless someone else picks it up, that that's possible. Um, I suppose. Yeah. The uh, I'm looking to see what other I mean other notes I had were pretty pretty basic. Oh, I, I thought the the one note I made about Davenport was. Um, and, and Samuel, but when when Dan corners Davenport and is you know trying to get him to say, "Hey, help me get in here. I'll save your brother. He's he's in there too." And I was I, I made a note saying, "Man, he's cold. He's just happy to leave his brother there because he made the bad choices." Da- Davenport is like, "Yeah, he made his choice. I don't care. <laughs> he can yeah. stay there." You yep. know, that was that was pretty like oof. Yeah, Davenport's and that's a bad man. <laughs> <laughs> That kind of brings me to, like, not to jump ahead, but my yeah. eye roll moment from this. Yeah, hit it. Which uh, I thought about after the fact. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm still not entirely sure I know why Davenport was doing this. Yeah, because like it makes you think earlier on. It's like, oh, okay, Samuel's his brother. He wants to figure. He thinks Melody killed him. Yeah. Killed him. Okay, so oh wait, nope. You just said you don't care about your brother. He did. He like dug his grave, and now he just needs to lay in his tomb or whatever. Right. So like, why are you even doing all this then? Like, right. What is? Why did you hire Dan to restore these tapes right. so you could get the tapes to just like play on loop in yep. this weird ritual room that now you're gonna use for what purpose? The the only thing there that I I kind of in my mind was was making some huge leaps and assumptions was that the ceremony that Iris did failed, burned down the Voss Manor. They did it wrong, something wrong with it. And then Samuels failed again, something went wrong. And he figured that by, cause it's not just, you know, think about the title, Archive 81. That means there's 80 other archives before this one. They, they've been going through a ton of footage and tapes and audio or whatever it might be, everything they can get their hands on. And he must, I, I think he figures he now knows how to do it properly to gain the powers of um, Calego or the, the Comet and everything else. That's the only thing I can think of because I think he figures if he can do that, then he'll he'll have all this unlimited power. But that's never really spelled out anywhere in this show. Yeah, you know, and I guess he doesn't really allude to what he would do no. with that power. Like, just yeah. going to Netflix and chill after you get all the power? Or what's the plan? Right. He seems he's to have to take no... over the world. I don't know what the, <laughs> exactly. what the goal is here. Exactly. There's no big end game there. So, um, yeah, I, I, I can't say I had a real favorite moment. I, I roll moment. I guess I'd agree with that. Um, I, I guess you know my my favorite moment was probably even though it sounds a little little corny, but the real brief time we got to see when Dan meets Melody finally, and um, a little bit we get a glimpse of you know Mark and Dan have a moment too right before they go in to do this ritual where you see that no Mark isn't shady like I was I was thinking maybe a few episodes back so that was cool to see yeah. I thought yeah that final like redemption or whatever with their story arc Mm -hmm. so let's talk real quickly here i mean we we've we've spent eight weeks this is the eighth week now going over this thing um real quickly overall thoughts on the series as a whole so i i feel like i would still recommend it yeah so like if somebody wants to watch this kind of show like kind of a 
somewhat supernatural, like right. mystery type show. Right. Like, I would recommend it. Yeah. Because um, there were definitely some moments in the show that were like really cool, like the seance. I know mm. we both really enjoyed that, <laughs> yeah. that episode. Right. Um, and just like all the, I feel like they kind of got a little bit away from like the cool transition types they were doing yes. earlier on in the show. But I think that's just, it didn't really work anymore as they stopped doing the show in that format with seeing yep. Dan watching the tapes. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, like I would still recommend someone watch it if they're looking for something to right. turn on and just kind of veg out with. Right. It's a fun story. And I know it sounds like we really hated this last episode, at least for myself. It's not that I hated it. It's just that it, it left me a little wanting. It, yeah. It, didn't satisfy like I hoped it would. It was still good. There was still a lot of really cool moments in this final episode, but I was, you know, like like you said, you were hoping for something more, some bigger, mm -hmm. bigger, you know, conclusion to this, even if it left things open for season two, but some kind of big conclusion. Even even finding out, you know, who how Dan's house burnt down and his family, that's just a throwaway line by Virgil saying, huh. These people would stop at nothing, you know, and yeah. unfortunately, just an unfortunate byproduct. You got in the way, you know. It's like, wow, that was just a throwaway line. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it was little things like that that you know left you wanting more and and wanting to know more about what's going on behind the scenes. And you know, that's the kind of thing I think had this been picked up and kept going, I think that's where we'd see a lot more of the story going. And I, I will say this: I mean, I know I teased it, um, but there is a ton of difference between the podcast and this series. And to be sure, I was remembering that I binged the first season of the podcast over the weekend. <laughs> Again, because there, there's only 10 episodes and I think they're around 20 minutes each. It's a, it's a fast, oh, okay. yeah, it's not, not, not a big bad. thing. It's, and I listen on one and a half speed, so it's, it's good. The big things. First off, Jess in the podcast is not a young girl. She's a 17-year-old boy who was born in there and he gets killed. Um, oh. secondly, the janitor in the podcast, in the show, he's kind of part of the bad guys mm -hmm. in the podcast. Um, he plays a little bit of a role and then him along with this other guy, um, actually it's not the janitor. It's another, another resident named Victor. Um, Victor has this weird power where you can't record anything around him. Like it just fails. And the whole thing that's happening, Samuel is doing this ritual. It's all audio in the podcast because they're not using video, obviously. And by playing the sounds and telling the stories, the stories and people hearing and sharing those stories is what actually completes the ritual. It's that sound. It's a song um, that everyone hears. That's the calling from this other place trying to be oh. released. The Comet, Colego, all of that, none of that is part of anything at all to do with the podcast. Really? There, there is a historical society that Samuel heads up, but it has nothing to do with this comet or, or this sex cult or, or any of that stuff. <laughs> it is, I, I was surprised how different it was. So if you want to, if you want to have fun, if you watched along on this, give the Archive 81 podcast, uh, the first season, a listen, because it, it's a lot of fun. I won't spoil how season two goes, but basically the whole thing is like Dan is a journalist type like he's a, a historical preservationist 
and he just he loves he needs to he's one of these people that needs to hear the story needs to get the story out there and he's called by this other world to help fulfill this prophecy and the whole premise of the podcast is that by dan restoring all of these audio tapes he's actually completing the failed process that happened in the visser building in 1994 with melody and releasing a demon or trying to he doesn't know it but that's the whole premise and it's so it's very different <laughs> it, you know in a lot of so yeah it starts out very similar but in re-listening to it i was like holy cow this is absolutely different like they made up so much stuff for the show which was really cool because it helped me not feel like i was just re-watching something i already knew yeah there's enough there that i didn't want to spoil anything so i was very careful with predictions and stuff like the music does play a big part like there's a song that uh is basically the calling of this other place that plays a very vital role and in, in the podcast it's not the same but very similar to the one that they hum and all of that so okay in the show but yeah it's it's very cool so <laughs> if if you're worried that you've watched this and now it's not worth listening to it bins that first season like i said there's i think 10 episodes they're only about 20 25 minutes long they're super fast but they're really good. Yeah, I might have to do that. Yeah, it, it's a lot of yeah. fun. So I, I don't have any other big thoughts. Like you said, it, it's I, I'd highly recommend the show. I think it was a lot of fun if you yeah. like the dark fiction stuff. Um, Especially of, like they have like character arcs and stuff. I, you don't, I guess there's not a lot of character development that happens. No. The characters are what they are. Right. But just to see like the parallel arcs, like Dan and Melody both kind of looking for parents mm -hmm. um, and then even iris back in 1920s like yep. all this just you know so if you're just looking for something that has a lot of characters that have similar motivations but doing completely right. different things then i think it's up your alley and a show that's going to give you some of the best episode to episode cliffhangers until the very oh. last one or two <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it it's so good it's beautifully shot i mean it it in all sense, you know, I really did love this series. The final episode left me wanting a little bit, but it was really enjoyable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I still, yeah, it's, I feel let down, but I'd still, yeah, I'd still say it was an enjoyable series and one of the better ones I've watched so far this year. Absolutely. Well, I think we've done it. We, we've said it all. Um, listeners, if you guys want to comment on it, Get on board, jump on social media, make sure and tag Justin and I at Bear Make It and at AIC Stories on Twitter or Instagram with your favorite moments from the season uh, of the show or of our discussions here and get entered for the giveaway that Justin's doing. And Justin, I just want to say thanks for jumping on here. I know you knew nothing about this going into it, and <laughs> this is a debut series I wanted to try, and it's been a lot of fun. I'm so glad you joined me on it. It's, it's been an absolute blast having you on here. So thank yeah. you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. I hope I didn't ruin anything. No, it's been great. <laughs> well, let's get out of here. We'll look forward to the next series. We'll announce what that's going to be sometime in the future. But in the meantime, thanks for listening as we dove beyond the stream. <laughs>